Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. You're listening to Blue Jays Nation Radio with Cam Lewis and Tyler Uremchuk, a member of the Nation Network of Podcasts and delivered by DoorDash. Welcome in. This is episode 76, BJN Radio. Cam Lewis, Tyler Uremchuk. Cam, this Jays team is not coming as advertised. This is not good. Yeah, this isn't the movie that we wanted to see. We were told there was going to be a movie. And so far, the movie sucks. It's a damn shame. I mean, you even think about like where they were, let's say, first, whatever, few weeks of the season when there was kind of that buzz and that excitement, you know, the comeback win over Texas, all that stuff. Like, oh, everything felt so good. It was like, yeah, we're going to roll. And the way this thing has just absolutely fallen apart over the last two and a half weeks here, it's, it's remarkable. Like, I just, I can't wrap my head around it. No, I never really expected the team to go through a cold streak like this. Like you, I, I, I kind of thought, okay, if the, the Jays are going to have maybe a poor run this season where they're losing a handful of games, you know, everyone's going to have, mm. or mostly everyone's going to have one of those stretches where they go 10, 11 games and only win two or three times that yeah. kind of thing, you know, kind of normal. I thought it was going to be because, you know, the bullpen was burnt out or the starters weren't being that good, but they were hitting. I never thought we'd see this offense with this talent get shut down for this period of time, especially now Teoscar Hernandez is back and has been back for the past, you know, seven games and the offense still hasn't taken a turn for the better. Yeah. Like not a lot of the, no excuses right now, right? Like they're just flat out playing poorly. And I know you can, and we've talked about it too. You can sit there and be like, Oh, like, you know, eventually you'll start hitting with runners in scoring position. Like that should kind of, you know, regret or come back to the mean a little bit. But at the same time, you can talk about how, oh, things might get better, might get better. They have one win in their last, what, nine days of baseball? Yeah. Like, that's, wow. that, I, I, you can talk about, oh, things will get better. This uh, At the end of the day, they're not playing good enough right now. Like, they're not putting together competitive at-bats. It's not even like these games are particularly close. You lose 5-2 to Tampa. You lose 3 nothing to Tampa. Like, 8-2 to Cleveland in the doubleheader. Like, it's just nowhere near good enough. Yeah, just, it. it, it feels like right now... I think the other part that kind of really compounds it is the fact that they've also just been so bad with the eye test specifically. It's the things you notice. It's the things where anyone who just tunes in, maybe someone who's not a 162 baseball games fan, but what is someone who likes, likes baseball tunes in and they see the things the Jays are doing right now. And they're like, wow, this team is dog shit. This is like, <laughs> this is what, this is what they look like in, you know, 2010 when they were bad. Like that kind of thing. They're, 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 they're swinging at everything. 
even when they do get runners on base, you don't feel like they're going to score because you just don't really see clutch hits. It seems like everyone's walking up to the plate with a count at 0-2 already. I mean, they're making like goofy errors in like the, the field. Like the Chapman just, throw to second and then yeah. Espinal tries to barehand it quickly. Like what what's going on with that? Shocking. It's, it's just stuff you really don't expect to see. And it's, yeah, it's hard to say exactly what the, what the cause is, but I guess that's just baseball. And it's like these, these stretches do come and you expect them to come during the dog days in July and August when everyone's burnt out. You just don't expect to see them this early on. We thought, you know, they started off quite well. They had quite a bit of momentum. It looked like they were having yep. a good time, home run jacket, packed out stadiums in Toronto. And then it's just fallen off a cliff and it's, it's weird. It's, you know, all you can say is, wow, what the fuck? This roster is too good for this. Surely they're going to bounce back eventually, but they haven't given a single sign at all in the past week and a half. That would indicate that anything's going to turn around soon. They uh, finished the series going three for 11 with runners in scoring position. We know that's been a big problem. Uh, they left 15 runners on base in, in the three game series. Like it's just a bunch of stuff, simply not good enough. Uh, let's get into the three up three down though, for this series at the trot. Uh, we should have known that bad things would happen at the trot and it wasn't going to be <laughs> an enjoyable weekend, but um, perhaps the, uh, I don't even know how to describe it, but like, of course, George Springer goes down at Tropicana field, right? Because you can't just lose a series. You have to lose a series and have bad things happen to you. I know he came back to DH, but as a fan, I will never get over the trauma of whenever he goes down being like, oh boy, what's, what's going to happen here? Yeah, I know that I, I'm the same way. I remember, I remember last summer in Seattle when he jumped into the wall and that just that really seemed to knock the wind out of the team sails for a while. And it, it, almost every time in the outfield that he dives for a ball or when he's batting and maybe takes an awkward swing or something like that I'm like, Oh geez, no, this is it. Here it comes. It's, it's, it's unfortunate. It's a jarring thing to have um, one of your team's best players be one of those guys who's, I guess, I don't know everyone loves saying this, but he's injury prone. He is. He's, he's dealt with yeah. so many different injuries and yeah, it just has to happen at the fucking trough. And that's just, that's what we said when we were talking, when we had our spaz out podcast last week after the Yankee series, it's like, oh, they're going to go to the trop. This is the exact last place to go when things are going poorly. Because not only are things going to continue going poorly, something bad's going to happen. Something bad did happen. But thankfully though, mm. apparently it's not that serious. It's just day to day. So at least he's not on the injured list. That's, that's the one, the one thing, the one thing we can drop him up. Yeah. Um, a hundred percent. Like he's sticking around. You don't have like the 10 day IL. Like remember last year, early in the season when we were bitching yeah. about how like they would sit here and be like, he's fine. He's fine. He's fine. Then on like day four of saying he's fine. They'd be like, Ooh, he's going to the IL now. Like felt like yeah. they did that with like six or seven players early last year. And it made no sense. But yeah, that was, that was a weird, a weird at least yeah. we're not dealing with that this yeah. year. Like it's, <laughs> that's the one thing <laughs> that made last year worse than this year so far, I think. 100%. Our second down, uh, the bats had their worst week of the season. And Andrew Stoughton had an interesting tweet where he pulled up all the numbers of kind of week by week with the caption, well, surely it can't get worse again this week. <laughs> and I feel like a fool for sitting here right now, staring down the barrel of, you know, a six game homestand against two teams that are you know, fairly beatable. The Mariners are good. The Reds are fucking terrible. Um, but I'm sitting here going, well, it can't get worse this week. Right. But that's been it. It's that's not the way it's gone out for the last six weeks. No, I mean, it's like, like I just said a few minutes ago, they've shown no indication to 
suggest that they're going to start playing better. I mean, yeah, they faced some pretty good pitchers in New York and Tampa. So that would explain the poor week, but they were also facing guys in Cleveland that weren't amazing pitchers either. And they didn't hit particularly well, even in the Tampa series, they got shut down by some relievers that aren't Tampa's best. So yeah, like you said, they're going in Seattle and Cincinnati, but all the pitchers they're going up against uh, with the Mariners, they're, they're fine pitchers. They're at least middle of the pack. And then Gilbert's maybe their best starter. And then Cincinnati for fuck's sakes, they just know they just, they just uh, threw a no hitter. <laughs> well, I mean, it was against the pirates and the pirates won the game, but they threw a no hitter. So, I mean, <laughs> there's, there's the Jays have shown nothing to give you the indication. They're going to get better last week in those games against the Yankees and the Rays. They put up a 66 weighted runs created plus. I mean, the worst week they had had previous uh, so far this season was the previous week, and that was 81. So it's just continually dwindling down. And I mean, you, you look at the guys one by one at the plate and the approaches aren't really improving. I mean, Matt Chapman over the week, Tampa, New York had what, like one hit? Teoscar only had three hits. There was the one dinger in Tampa that was sick, but he only had three hits. He hasn't, he hasn't taken a walk since returning from the injured list. They so. moved Chapman up to the leadoff spot for that second game, which is granted the game they won, but he went over for five. Yeah. And, and not a lot of competitive bats. And that's, no. that's kind of the thing. I mean, there's really at this point, two and a half guys that you think are going to get on base when they come up, it's, you know, Springer and Vladdy at the top. And then I think we all have a soft spot for Santiago Espinal because mm. he seems to get on base. And those are the only three after that. It's uh, that's where we're at right now. Um, yeah, that it, it's not a good lineup right now, which is just stunning. I can't believe I'm saying that right now on May 16th that we're, we're sitting here and going, wow, the Jays lineup is not good right now. And I'm, you know, I'm not, I'm not doom and gloom yet. Obviously no. you're not right. Cause there's no. still what around 500, just under 500 yeah. now. So you're, it's not time to necessarily freak out, but it is getting more concerning with every episode we record. It's uh, just hard to find positives. It's, it is. That's yeah. the thing is if, if there was, you know, if they were lining into outs, if they were, mm. you know, facing the best pitchers, the opponents had, if they're, you know, putting up amazing at bats and then striking out on a great slider, it's like, ah, fuck, whatever. It's some bad luck. Yeah. But they just, they just, they don't look competitive. No, they, they don't at all. And and that's a great way to put it. Uh, the third uh, down we have are the two errors from Matt Chapman, a guy who is not getting it done with the bat, but at least you'd sit there and go, Hey, at least he's doing it with the glove, right? Well, no, that's not the case either because they were in that ball game and I was sitting there watching going, okay, zero, zero. We're heading into the sixth inning. Maybe this is like a big late game or surge we'll get from them. That's like a turning point. Right. And I'm really hopeful that with Manoa on the mound, they find a way to squeak out that win. And then of all people, it's Matt Chapman who throws a ball into the outfield and it ends up costing them. I don't want to say it cost them the game because they didn't score any runs. So probably they would have lost regardless of if Chapman made that play either way, but still just an ugly way to put runs on the board in a close game. Yeah. Chapman has been so extremely down bad recently. Like his, his bat has not really come around for the entirety of the season. I mean, look at his slash right now. It's 128, 259, 347, 4606 OPS. That's like nowhere near where you thought he was going to be, right? Like even when they, they traded for him last year off of a down year from Oakland, he yeah. puts up a 716 OPS, hits 27 bombs. You're like, okay, you'll get the boost from playing in an AL East ballpark rather than a fucking cave in Oakland. Mm-hmm. And you're probably going to put up at worst like a 730, 740 OPS kind of thing. Yeah, <laughs> 30 dingers, 35 dingers, yep. Yeah, that's, that's kind of what we thought was inevitable. And it just, he's just, he's just looked completely lost. Like he hasn't been able to adapt to the surroundings. And I mean, 
yeah, other guys are having cold starts too. I mean, I think the one guy to look at immediately just to just to kind of draw a comparable is Marcus Semyon still having a hell of a time in Texas. And I don't mean to just bring this up as like, a, oh, well, like, you know, Semyon's struggling too, so it's okay. But I mean, it's, it's just interesting to see a guy like that having a bad time because Semyon's got a 428 OPS through 32 games for the Rangers and hasn't yet hit a home run, which is nuts to me. So, I mean, there are guys that are performing poorly around the league. It is what it is. But the thing for Chapman is the poor defense is just completely out of the completely out of character. I mean, there's, there's never really situations where you see Chapman perform like that. And you have to wonder if something's really in this guy's head or what's going on. Yeah. And it's, you know, not like it's a bad week now, right? It's been snowballing here for a while. And that's just the big concern with not just Chapman, but everyone right now who's struggling is that it's not like it's one or two series where they're struggling. It's been a handful now where they're just failing to get any sort of momentum uh, let's get into our ups and try to string something together here. Uh, the one thing that was a positive in terms of the bats was the return of Danny Jansen, who had himself a nice series. He went one for two in uh, the second game of the series that they ended up winning. He also, uh, sorry, yeah, he went one for two. He hit that dinger, like having him back and no disrespect to Heineman, but Jansen's a better big league hitter than Heineman. So it's an up that wow. Jano's back, right? You're not, you're not on the Tyler Heineman hype train. I love his magic videos on TikTok. I'm a big fan of those. I'm um, also a big fan of him um, starting fights with the New York Yankees. Though yeah. he single-handedly cost the team the game by demanding that Josh Donaldson get beamed. Uh, <laughs> no, that, no, this is an obvious one. Like having Danny Jansen back is huge. It'd be really cool if his bat did come through because, I mean, since he came off the injured list last year, down the stretch in the season, I know a lot of it came in September when you're facing kind of more random pitchers, but I don't, I don't think that's quite as big of a thing now that they're not, you're not allowed to have 40 guys on your bench anymore. So you're not seeing his dog shit of pitchers in September, but Jansen was on fire last September and he was on fire in spring training as well. Spring training doesn't really mean shit, but still whatever he came into the season was rolling, had a good start to the year. Got hurt, came back and it's another home run right away. So that's like, Oh geez, maybe this guy's finally found his bat at the big league level. Like he hit really quite well in the minors. And we all thought when he came up, Hey, Danny Jansen's a bat first catcher. All he's been so far is good defensively and kind of a light hitter, but maybe they, maybe he's kind of uh, finally hit his groove. And, and that would be a very nice boost for this Jays offense. Uh, the second up we have is a uh, Ryu who returned to the bump in Tampa goes four and two thirds allows four hits only one earned run three strikeouts. You know, he faced 18 batters and they didn't really do a whole heck of a lot off of him. It was the winning. It was the only win in the series for the Jays as well. That's a guy who like I get Ross Stripling was good and all of that when he was up or when he was in the rotation, but having Ryu at even like, 75% of what he was a few years ago. If you can get that level back and he stays healthy and as a consistent contributor in this rotation, that's going to go a long way in this team winning more ball games over the next two months. Yeah. I would more than happily take exactly this from you at this point. Yeah. Um, you know, go through the lineup twice, maybe make your way in a third time and only allow a runner to go four or five innings. I mean, it's kind of yeah. funny that that's what we're saying at this point. But that's but, all he I needs mean, to be, right? Like guys like yeah. Gosman and Manoa and maybe one day Barrios, those will be the guys who save your bullpen, right? Who come in and every time you go through the rotation, you're hoping one or two of those guys goes like eight innings and then gives you a rest day for everyone in the bed. Ryu, you don't need that from him as your fourth or fifth starter. No, you don't. And that's, that's pretty much it. Like when, when Stripling was rolling good, it was, oh, we're really impressed with Ross Stripling. He's going three, four innings. Maybe he hits five innings and allows like two runs. 
that's what we're thrilled to see. So, I mean, it's not ideal at the price point of 20 mil, but just given the context of where Ryu was at to finish last season and where he was starting things off this year, I will more than happily just take that, you know, number four starter-esque stuff. And I think the fact that he did it against Tampa is a positive thing too. He's had a difficult time with the Rays in the past. Like think back to playoffs in 2020, they gave him the extra start and the Rays just, they knew what was coming. They just yeah. drilled them. So, I mean, it's a, it's a good team for him to toss a good outing against because they're, they're a good lineup. Yep. Um, the last up we have, and this is maybe, maybe the most important, I, I don't know. And maybe I'm, I'm just down in the dumps about this right now. So it's hard for me to say that, but you had the Manoa comments about Chapman. You had comments coming from George Springer as well. It feels like this team isn't or they're doing their best to not let these struggles get to them mentally. It feels like this group isn't letting the losses kind of, and they're definitely not having fun right now. I'm not trying to say that at all, but they're mentally, they still seem to be in an okay place. At least that's what they're giving off to the media, whether it's true or not. But I liked, I liked Manoa's comments about Chapman after. Yeah. Alec Manoa said, um, Matt Chapman's accomplished everything at third base that you ever could you know, three-time gold glove winner and he's allowed to have an off day. I think that coming from a young guy on the team is a very impressive way to handle it. Alec Manoa could easily spaz and be like, Oh geez, like, you know, our team's got to be better and sharper behind me. I mean, I, I don't think you're going to hear somebody say something like that, but he could, he could get away with it because yeah. he's not wrong, but instead he does the veteran move, the good teammate move and comes up, comes out into the media and, you know, has the guys back, which I think is great. I remember back in 2013 when the team was completely imploding. I really don't think that this year's team is going to wind up being the 2013 team. They're wildly different for many ways, but it always felt like there was kind of a bad vibe or a bad energy with that team. And it really felt like doom and gloom end of the world negative. Whereas as bad as this team's been over the past week and a half, two weeks, it does not feel like that at all. It feels like they have a pretty decent mojo going still. Yeah. Yeah. And hopefully they can keep that up here because again, you have a six game series or a six game homestand coming up against teams that, you know, are worse than you in the standings. Right. So I, yeah, I just, this is a good time to turn it around. You're back at the dome. This road trip is over and it was a long road trip too. And I think that obviously, you know, can kind of, or can potentially weigh on a team. So they're back at the dome. We'll get into that in just a second, but that was our three up three down. We touched on it lightly. I mean, the fact that the Reds, who we'll see in, in a little bit, the fact that they know hit the Pirates and lost is a peak moment of the MLB season for me. It's actually, it's really funny. The Reds are, they're really something else. They're nine and 26. And it feels like it would be shocking if this team managed to win 30 games. They're so bad. It's, it's, it's sad that teams uh, exist like this. It's a shame. Like, I feel like the, there wasn't really a lockout, but there was, I guess we didn't miss yeah. that much in terms of games, but I feel like the whole point of that lockout was to get teams to stop doing this. And meanwhile, Cincinnati's rolling out, just create a player lineups though, <laughs> kind of ironically about them. And this is something that's definitely going to be noticeable in the series when they come here this week is that fucking Brandon Drury is like their best hitter. Yeah. An 854 OPS. He might be an all-star this year. Seven home runs. He's going to be an all-star though. Yeah. Yeah. What, I mean, who else on that roster? You I, guess, the yeah. game? I guess you could vote Joey Votto in as like a veteran thing. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of that, like freeing Joey Votto from this mess would be sick. It's kind of a damn shame to see this being the kind of dying yeah. days of his career. On just an absolute dumpster fire of a team, dumpster fire just of an organization, a, just a nothing team. Like, yeah. 
there's going to be nothing memorable, positive from the Reds this year. And I hope I'm not jinxing this week's series by talking shit about them right now. But I mean, like they don't even have 10 wins yet this year. I know we're getting ahead of ourselves because we got a Seattle series, but like, man, this is a week for the Jays to get some positive momentum going. Oh man. Another one here. If we, if we want to add it all up, the Reds also have a pitcher with a 1.59 ERA and a much higher FIP and a familiar, familiar name in Connor Overton, who used to be on the 40 man roster last year. So this guy's going to throw a no hitter against the Jays on like Thursday and Brandon Dury's going to hit three home runs. Brace yourself. Nothing but positive Coombsy. Uh, Let's look ahead a little bit here. Like we don't need to dwell on what's happened over the road trip and all that. Like it sucked. No one's pretending that it didn't suck, but I think everyone's just maybe a little bit exhausted from all the negativity. So let's instead be negative about the Seattle Mariners. They got off to actually like a decent start, I thought, to the season. But this is their last run here since uh, April 26th. They started a series with the Rays, dropped to a three. After that, they started a series with the Marlins, dropped to a three. Got swept by the Astros, dropped three or four to the Rays, dropped two or three to the Phillies. Their most recent series, though, was taking two or three from the New York Mets in New York, where they won a pair of one run games, lost a one run game. So a tight series for them against the Mets. Um, But they come in under 500, three games under 500. I believe here their run differential is minus eight as well. So a little bit better than the Jays minus 15. But the Mariners are also seven and 12 on the road. The Jays at home are 10 and six. You need to win two of these. Yeah, you absolutely have to. The Jays are moving into a kind of a stretch of the schedule right now. It's not necessarily soft per se. Yeah. Um, but they're facing teams now that they're going to be in the mix with for wild card spots. So, I mean, I'm not going to write the Jays off for the American League East. I'm not doing that just yet. But, you know, you're playing games against teams like Seattle later on in the month or the White Sox, the Twins. Teams like that are in the playoff picture. And those are the teams you'd like to beat. So far, they haven't done well against. Um, the Yankees and the Rays in the division, which hurts them, but they've done well against the Astros, another team that's kind of in that playoff mix. So they need to continue doing well against a team like Seattle. Seattle's not that good. They, they, you know, they come into the year with, they're, they're kind of a puzzling team to project because they went 90 and 72 last year, inexplicably, despite being like heavily in the red in terms of run differential, they won all these one run games and just had a bullshit record, but then they signed Robbie Ray, a young winner in the off season. They have, um, a handful of top prospects like right in the mix to kind of join the team. And it's just like not gone particularly well for them. Their offense is well below average starting pitching's mediocre. It's not great, not terrible. And the bullpen just simply doesn't have the magic it did last year. But yeah, like you said, Seattle's on a great team on the road. Jays are a good team at home or well, they were before they yeah. fell off a cliff, but um, on the year though, still one. good. Yeah. On the year, all told they're still good in Toronto. I think this is a prime time for them to kind of get their shit together. Seattle's not that great, but the Jays, this is, this is a series in which they should win two games for sure. For sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, all right. Wrapping it up, taking a look at our friends at points bet Canada. Uh, the Jays come into the game tonight as they're okay. Favorites minus 160 on the money line plus plus one thirty on the spread. Uh, I think Vladimir Guerrero jr. Is due to have a big game right away. Uh, this guy hasn't hit a home run since May 5th in Cleveland. That means he's gone like 32 or 33 at bats without hitting a dinger back at the dome. I like Vladdy at plus three ten to hit a dinger tonight. So that is my betting advice for the game. You could even parlay that with the Jays covering the run line for like a nice plus five sixty over at points bet. I like Vladdy to bounce back. He is one guy I'm looking at and going, you know, if he's going to be in the MVP conversation this year, this is a series against Seattle where Vladdy can show he is the most valuable player in the league to his team. 
If he goes out and has a monster series and the Jays have an offensive explosion and take all three of these on the back of Guerrero, I, I, and I think he's capable of that. Like, I think this is a chance for him to make a statement and be like, I am going to will this team out of this slump. Yeah, that'd be a fantastic thing to see. I mean, the Mariners don't have phenomenal pitchers going. They have Chris Flexen, who last year was their kind of out of the blue, quite good starter, but his uh, underlying numbers weren't all that impressive. Mm-hmm. Flexen this year has got a 4.24 ERA and he's walked like half as many guys as he's struck out, only yeah. strikes out. 5.8 guys per nine. And then it's Logan Gilbert who's in his second season in the league. The Jays knocked him up or knocked, knocked him up, knocked him around last year when they faced him, but he's been really good this year. He's got a 2.13 ERA. And then in the finale, it's Marco Gonzalez going another one of those fit buster guys who has shitty peripherals, but a solid ERA is at a 3.38 ERA. And he's only striking out 6.2 guys per nine. So the Jays are striking out like mad. And they're facing a bunch of guys, save for Gilbert, who don't strike anybody out. So this, again, should be a time for the bats to wake up. The interesting thing here is that the Jays will miss Robbie Ray. Um, uh, uh, he's, he's not getting one of the stars. Then also, we don't yet know. Apparently, two guys on the Mariners don't have the COVID vaccine, so won't be joining the team. We haven't learned yet who those guys are, but there has been speculation about Ray. There has been. I've seen that. Uh, you mentioned Flexen, who gets to start in the series opener in his last appearance. It was against the Phillies. Five innings, nine hits, six earned runs for Flexen. So he's coming off a pretty poor performance, pretty oh. much his worst performance of the season as well. Speaking, so. speaking of, I need to I need to bring this up because I thought it was fucking hilarious when I was writing about the series before. The Marco Gonzalez start that he had against Tampa Ray, uh, the Tampa Bay Rays is like one of the weirdest lines you'll ever see. Hmm. So he goes five and one third and allows two earned runs, both of which are on solo homers. But he also allowed all told six hits and four walks, only struck out one guy. But how do you only allow two runs on solo homers while also having that line? How does that make sense? Yeah, that is, uh, that's a unique. That's the kind of game where if that happened to the Jays, people would flip the fuck out. They score two runs and solo homers. It's like a Danny Jansen two home run game. And then they, you know, they ground into like seven double plays. Don't put that stuff out there. Don't put that into the universe. Oh, I put a, I put a lot of a lot of <laughs> bad things into the universe on this podcast already. This is bad. We've, we've we've been bad for a few times in a row now. Yeah, we. It has not been a good time here on Blue Jays Nation Radio. I can't imagine <laughs> the people listening are having a ton of fun, just constantly hearing us like bitch about how bad things are going. But hopefully that turns around here. I'm going to be optimistic. I'm going to say they have a good series. I'm going to say you know they've got 15 runs in their last. Uh, five games, games. I think it is. Yeah. 15 runs in the last five games. Here's my bold take. They're going to score 15 runs this series against the Seattle Mariners. An average of five runs a game. That's pretty reasonable. Yeah. That's not even offense, but it's better. That's not, that'd be fine. I'd be thrilled. All right. Well, then there you go. My hot take isn't even that hot, but Coombsy, I think we're in for a good week here as the Jays host the Mariners. Uh, shout out to our friends at DoorDash, ding dong. And uh, also shout out to our friends at Twig and Berries, promo code nation 15 gets you 15% off and points bet Canada. Talk to you later in the week, Coomzy. Best wishes. Thanks for tuning in to Blue Jays Nation Radio, a member of the Nation Network of podcasts and delivered by DoorDash. Don't forget to like and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from to never miss an episode. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, 
all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.